This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, it is my privilege to share the Word with you this evening. I'm very excited about the, what the Lord has laid on my heart, and I know it's going to bless and encourage not only students. It's just, it, there's no coincidence in God, but tonight the title of my message is God's Word, My True Reflection. And I really feel blessed to be able to present the Word tonight, especially in light of graduation. Don't they look amazing, all of our students? Hey, come on, let's give a, let's give a hand to all of our students. You may not be aware of this, but our third years, this is actually the first in-person graduation that they are ever having, our third years. Why? Because of that slack COVID, but we're together again. Praise the Lord, and this is a special, special occasion. So I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the privilege of sharing the word tonight, and I really hope it's going gonna, it's gonna to strike a chord with you tonight. I just want to pray. Father, thank you for this time we could come together and spend time in your word. Holy Spirit, you are the author of the Bible, therefore the one most qualified to teach. I really pray that you would teach through me tonight. Lord, that you would be glorified and magnified through this word, that hearts would be stirred, that for those that have perhaps grown cold in their love for the word of God, that they would be so stirred up in Jesus' name and fall in love with your truth all over Again, I pray tonight that people will be set free and delivered, that minds will be renewed, that faith will rise in everyone's heart, expecting a great future in God. And all those who agreed said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, in part one, we kicked off, Paul kicked off with a, with a, with a message titled, Love It, Learn It, Live It. And then Pastor Jenny went on to teach, What is the Bible All About? And then last week, Pastor Greg gave us some interesting stats um, and interesting scientific facts concerning the Scripture. And his title of his message was, Why Can the Bible Be Trusted? Now tonight, I conclude the series, and the title is God's Word, My True Reflection. Can everyone say reflection? It's really a word that I'm going to build on tonight, so I want you to be, keep that in the back of your mind. Turn within your Bibles, please, to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. I'm going to be reading, reading the NIV. You can also go to our church app, and you can download my notes. They are available on the app for you, and email them to yourselves. We give you tools here at CFC to fall in love with the Word. So 1 Peter 1:23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So the first thing the scripture tells us is that because of God's word, you are born again. In actual fact, without God's word, you cannot be born again. So the process of salvation comes as a result of God's word, which makes it the most essential book that you will ever have, ever read, and ever keep in your library. And if it's through the Word of God that you are born again, you are sustained also through the Word of God, which is why the Bible says that it is living and enduring. Now, we know from Hebrews 4.12, it says that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Living and active, some years ago, the Lord exploded the truth of this in my heart, and he asked me this question. He said, Andre, or made the statement rather, Andre, if my word is living, you can have a relationship with it. 
And I got excited. I was blown away. I said, yes, I can have a relationship with your word. And he said to me, so how do you think your relationship is with the word? Because you can't build a relationship outside of time. Your relationship, strength, husbands and wives, how do you think you're going to get along if you don't spend time together? It's not going to be strong, is it? So the Bible says that it's through this living and enduring word of God that we are born again. So I want to throw the question out there tonight. If the word is living, how's your relationship with the Holy Bible? It goes on to say, for all people are like grass. So here we see a comparison between the living and enduring word of God and now to objects that are not necessarily going to endure forever. Here's a comparison. All people are like grass. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail or you know, fail. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So the word that stands out for me in that scripture is enduring and endures. We live in a world today that people say is, well, it is, it's entropic, which means it's winding down, it's dissolving. The sun is being consumed as it burns, it isn't getting bigger. Everything that's happening in the world with our natural eyes is entropic, it's winding down, it's not getting better, it's progressively getting worse. So God draws this distinction between things that are being used up and the word that will never and can never ever be used up. It is eternal, it is eternally relevant. And we're going to see that more closely as I teach this evening. The Bible, the Holy Bible, provides permanent solutions to the greatest problems in life. Myself and Pastor Johnny and Pastor Greg have been on a cruise ship. Um, and I don't know how many have ever gone cruising before. But when you're coming into dock, whether it's in the Bahamas or whether it's the Madagascar Islands, as the ship comes into dock, it looks to moor itself against a fixed landmass, because as big as what the ship is, the captain knows that if he doesn't moor himself against something that is permanent, not something that's wobbly, not something that's unstable, not something that's here today and gone tomorrow, like the flowers, like people, he knows unless he moors the ship to something that is fixed, that can never ever move, as big and beautiful as what the ship is, it will not withstand the force of the sea that would cause it to drift away. What is being spoken about here in the Bible is that we need to make sure that we are moored against something that is immovable and something that is eternal, eternally relevant, eternally powerful, and that, the Bible says, is the Word of God. This is what we can moor ourselves against. Now, I remember some years ago, I went deep sea fishing with Pastor Didi Tisson many years ago when he was living in Port Elizabeth. So he said to me, Andre, come, let's go deep sea fishing. So it was cold. I remember it was winter. It was cold in the morning. And we were getting onto the fishing vessel that he had rented. And we had all got on, and he was the last one to get on. Now, they had moored the fishing boat on the front. I don't know what port and starboard is. I don't know what that is. But anyway, so the front of the boat had been moored. And the captain of the ship had just hoped that the, that the belly of the boat would just stay up against the pastor. Didi didn't see that it was only roped in the front. And so he got onto the boat like this and he still laughed. He said, ah, look. And all of a sudden, he was Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
but an unsuccessful version because he had one foot on the dock and one foot, his phone was wet, everything was wet. The challenge over here was that the captain had not moored that boat successfully and close enough. And this is what happens with us when we're believers. When we're not moored close enough and bound strong enough to the Word of God, we also begin to drift away. And what the Bible is teaching us over here is that we ought to stay moored and fixed against God's Word. Turn with me to James chapter 1 from verses 21 through 25. James says this, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly Accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The New King James translation says that it may save your soul. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, can everyone say, looks intently? Looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have word, but doing it, they will be blessed in whatever they do. Let me ask this question. Speaking about what James says and this illustration that he uses of someone looking in a mirror and walking away. How many of you have ever mistakenly headed off to work or to church without just taking a moment in front of the mirror at home? Anybody. In actual fact, statistically it's proven that the average person spends 30 minutes in front of a mirror every single day. 30 minutes in front of a mirror. They spend more time sometimes in front of a mirror than they do with the Word of God, which is a dangerous situation. But you would never dare. I remember in school, and if my wife was here, she'd be able to tell me, remind me of the guy's name. But we, his name was Peter. I can't remember what his surname was. But this guy used to come to school, and he was always kind of unkept. You would always look at him. He'd walk into the classroom, and everybody would be thinking, did you actually look at yourself this morning? You know, the hair was out like this. The school tie was like this. In actual fact, you know what burnt my biscuit? He would tuck his shirt in. And you know the buttons? They would tune. They would go, yeah, into his pocket. Now, I'm not OCD, but it drove me crazy. I thought to myself, you know, you know what you need? Apart from a good mother, perhaps a mirror can just, can just fix that, you know? But I mean, none of you would ever, would never, you'd never leave the house without standing in front of the mirror, making sure the buttons line up, gents, you know, that your tie's not here. That's another thing. Can we get our tie's fixed? I don't know what it is, but this is not a fashion trend. Do you know what I'm saying? Just stand in front of the mirror. I'm just talking about wheel alignment. Get your wheel alignment sorted out. But this is what James is speaking about specifically over here. He's speaking about without a, without a mirror to verify a mirror that accurately reflects, that evaluates or gives you a reflection of what you actually look like, there's a pretty good chance, actually there's a big chance 
a lot of things can go horribly wrong. Like that date only lasting five seconds. If you're not all fixed up and groomed. Whereas do wonders. You see, I've had the fortune, I've had the, the fortune of waking up to my wife before she sees the mirror. And I can tell you now, she's far better after she's seen the mirror. She's <laughs> check Pastor Tracy. It's the truth, Pastor Trace. You ask your husband, do I look better before I've come to the mirror or after? He's gonna say, babe, live it there. Just live there. You look great. And you know, this is, this is the challenge, folks. Because remember, James is comparing a mirror to the Word. Spending time in the Word always makes us look a whole lot better. It's just the truth. It's just the facts. To walk out of your house and have been in the mirror, but not in the mirror of God's Word, could cause some serious challenges. So James says that spending time in the Word is like looking at a mirror, a living, active, and eternally relevant mirror that is always reflecting back at you that which is acceptable, but also that which isn't. I mean, who stands in front of the mirror, Pastor John? He's got three hairs, and he sees they're moving like this. The mirror's telling him, listen, there's a problem here, you know? And he doesn't say, he doesn't take gel and go, and just put it down, you know? And he doesn't leave until the mirror says, okay, it's down. He doesn't, doesn't matter how he feels. Listen to me. I'm working this metaphor here. It doesn't matter what it feels like. When the mirror says it's down, then he moves. When the word says it's fixed, it's fixed. It doesn't depend on how you feel. If God's word says it, I believe it, and that settles it, right? So like a mirror that reflects both good and bad in the physical, God's word reveals what is going on in our true self on the inside. It's the only mirror that will be able to tell you that you are in right standing with God Almighty. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from chapter 4 verse, and then we're going to go to chapter 3. I'm doing this in, for a reason, because look what it says here. For a time is coming. Say this, a time is coming. The Bible says so. What's going to happen? When people will no longer listen to sound, wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. The Bible says there is a time coming when believers and non-believers alike, these specifically were believers, will walk away from the true mirror of the Word of God and give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They will stop Spending time in the Word. Look what it says in 2 Timothy now. Go to chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. So it's not always important to, it's not always important enough what you hear. It's who you hear from what you hear. I know that's grammatically not correct, but work with me here. It's graduation line. (laughs) It says, you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes 
by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, all Scripture, sorry, we got a problem, guys. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Can, every, can, say, can someone say this off me? All Scripture is useful. Look at this. To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Look at this, I love it. It straightens us out. It tells you when to put gel in the hair. It tells you when it's time to shave and clean yourself up. It tells you when your buttons are skew going into the pocket side. The Bible straightens us out. That's what the Word of God says. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. Look at this. It is God's way to prepare us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. God cannot prepare you outside of the mirror of his word. So as we close off the series here tonight on the Holy Bible, what is it that I personally believe the Lord is trying to communicate to us through these four teachings? I believe four things. I believe the Lord is wanting to communicate four things. Number one, he wants to communicate that we ought to read the Bible out aloud. You can say read it, but you've got to read it out aloud. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and not by reading. Look at what it says in verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what he has heard, the Bible says he will be blessed. Looks intently. So we've got a lot of people that scan through the Word of God, but very few people that study the Word of God. Some years ago, they came out with those paintings or those patterns, remember? And if you had a keen eye, if you looked at it long enough, a different image would appear. How many of you remember those things? I mean, I really struggled with that in the beginning. Who else struggled? I mean, some people looked at it and got it, eh, Pastor Greg? So Pastor Christine used to say to me, she said, listen, try just squinting a little bit. And if you squint just a little bit, all of a sudden, this picture would pop out. Let me say this, folks. When it comes to reading your Bible, you don't scan through it. You've got to be on top of it. You've got to look at it intently, the Bible says. So when I say, what is the Lord trying to communicate? The Lord is trying to get us back to a place where we read God's Word every single day. And this is the impression, I pray, that the Holy Spirit leaves on your soul. As you stand before the mirror in the morning, preparing yourself to walk out into a secular world where you want people to be able to look at you and say, listen, you are dressed acceptably. You are approachable. Your breath smells great. That while you're doing that preparation, that you ask yourself, have I spent time looking into the mirror of God's word and preparing myself for work in his kingdom? Prepare myself for working in his kingdom. So number one, I believe the Lord says that he wants us to read it out aloud. And you know, we give you tools here at Christian Family Church. If you go onto our website, we'll give you a Bible reading program um, that'll take you through the Bible in one year. Tonight, in actual fact, at the end of my message, these are all Bibles over here. We're going to be resourcing and giving a Bible to every single person here that does not have a Bible. We're going to be giving you a Bible here tonight, okay? Now, if y'all clap, let's... 
It's the generosity of Christian family church members. It's the generosity of Christian family church members that have bought these beautiful Bibles, and we're going to be giving each and every one of you one that doesn't have one. Now, if you're a student, and you get up and come here for a Bible, I want to meet you in the principal's office, because I want to know how on earth you got to this point right now if you didn't have a Bible, okay? So, yes, so students, just sit put. Just sit there, even if you don't have one, make like you've got one. But we're going to be resourcing you. So, so the first point is that, the, that God is calling us to once again be impassioned about reading the Bible. The next thing is that God wants us to review it. Not only read it, but review it. You know the amazing thing about the Bible is, it's, is that it's living. You can read the same scripture a hundred times. And you'll read it 101 times, and all of a sudden, it means something completely different. It explodes in your heart, and you think, where have you been all my life? Now, you might, and this is also a danger, you might have a really good Bible that's filled in with a whole bunch of stuff. You've got all your notes. I mean, it's colorful, but from back to front. You know, sometimes that can be a handicap. I've done this twice before. Do yourself a favor. Buy another Bible that doesn't have a single note in it and begin to read it and see how the Lord begins to unfold a whole new story of redemption to you that you previously would never have known. So read the Bible. Review the Bible. This is what it says in Psalm 119, verses 96 and 97. It says, to all perfection I see a limit. The psalmist says that even to perfection there is a limit, but... Your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. What does it mean to meditate on God's word all day long? I don't believe the psalmist had it in front of him all the time reading it. I believe the psalmist was continually comparing his life to the commands of God. Whatever he did during the day, whatever he said, wherever he went, whatever he thought, he kept on thinking to himself, how does what I'm doing, saying, or where I'm going, how does it relate? And how does it compare to what the instructions of God's Word says about my life? It's another important question. Now, you can get away with a whole lot if you don't know the Word. But the moment you begin to know the Word, you've got to live your life, comparatively speaking, against the law of God's Word. So the first point that the Lord, I believe the Lord is trying to get across is that he wants us to read the Bible. Secondly, he wants us to review it. Thirdly, he wants us to reflect on it. Now, we live in a world with so many different reflections. They're all reflecting something back at us, and practically none of them have got anything to do with God's thoughts and plans for you. We spend way too much time scrolling through social media and looking in the wrong mirror. Most of our life is looked at, we're looking at the, at the wrong mirror. We are living in comparison to everyone else. Oh, this pastor preached this message. Shucks, that's a good title. Why didn't I think of that? If you're a woman, you're saying, gee, look at that woman's outfit. Where does she get the, she looks so good all the time. Remember, something's reflecting back at you, and we almost begin to live our lives based upon how we think the world sees us. I was in Mauritius some years ago. I went on a holiday with my very good friend Pedro. I think he's here tonight. 
<laughs> funny story. And so we went on a catamaran trip to Ile Gabriel. It's a day trip that you go out there that give you lunch and you snorkel and that. But anyway, um, so we were obviously now baggies. We had no shirts on. And so we were taking photographs. And on one of the photographs, Pedro was like, you know, the Titanic? Near, far, wherever you... He was leaning like this and I got a snapshot of him. But I got an app on my phone called Fatify. How many of you know the app Fatify? You get Thinify, you get Fatify, you get Beardify. So I got Fatify, and while I'm on the boat now, I start just giving him a bit of a paunch. It wasn't difficult to do, but anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I plumpened him up a little bit, you know, and, and I saved the photo, and I sent the photo to him. <laughs> he opened it on his phone. He says, geez, pastor. He says to me, what's going on here? He couldn't believe, he was horrified. That night at dinner, he ordered a salad. <laughs> he ordered, no, no jokes. What are you having? I'm having a salad. <laughs> Look at what happened. And this is exactly what the enemy does. He's got Fatify on his phone. He's got Unpopularify. He's got all these other different things, apps on his phone. And what he does is he gets an image of you. And then he fatifies it, and all of a sudden it starts changing your behavior and the way you see yourself just exactly the same way I did that on the app with Pedro. <laughs> needless to say, needless to say, I couldn't have him eating a salad and getting thin and me eating a steak and getting fat, so I had to come clean. And so I said, no, buddy. I said, here's the actual photo. And he looked at it and he said, can I have a steak, please? He was... He, <laughs> He was completely set free by the true reflection of what he actually looked like and not the app that I doodled to make him duck because I did a proper job. So the Lord wants us to reflect on his word. You see, we see oftentimes the opinions of others concerning us. We see our failures and we see our disappointments. We see our hurts and we see our lack there's a wrong reflection coming back at us. We, we see our constraints. But what makes, what makes all these things worse is that we then begin to act them out. Just like that picture changed Pedro's behavior. And you may laugh, but sometimes the devil will present you with an image of yourself that is not who you truly are. And all of a sudden you start shrinking back in your shell. I can't serve anymore. I can't serve because you know what? I did this thing wrong and I'm aware that I continually get it wrong and I can't get it fixed. And so therefore I disqualify myself. What has the devil just gone and done? He's on his own app gone and mixed your mind up and it's begun to affect your actions. And tonight you're going to get set free. Amen. Tonight you're going to get set free. Praise the Lord. I use this illustration. When I was young, I used to go to the circus. My mom took me to the circus. And back then, while you were getting ready to go into the circus carnival, they had all these different kind of funny features, stories and that kind of stuff. And in a tent, they had all these different warped mirrors. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was quite an attraction. I mean, you'd walk in there, and then they'd have a mirror that makes you really big. Pedro would hate that mirror. It makes you really big. Then you've got another mirror that makes you really slim. That's the mirror you needed, buddy, was the one that made you slim. And then you've got another mirror that made you look all squiggly and all funny. But you walked out of that. Too many people in the world have stayed in that. 
they're beginning to live according to what the reflection is on those mirrors coming back at them. And those mirrors are the work of the enemy. To distort what you truly look like, where you called to, and how much the Lord loves you. And the Bible says, James says, it's time. Stop looking in the wrong mirrors. It is time to get back to the mirror, the only mirror that counts, and the only mirror that can fix up your perception. You see, I have a mirror here on stage. And I'll never forget there was a time in my life when I was called by Apostle Theo, asked by Apostle Theo to start our own Bible college. You must understand, I was a glorified aircraft panel beater. Before I came to Jesus, what I did was I fixed aircraft. I was very good with a rivet gun and a bucking iron. And that was about it. I spent most of my life in fuel tanks. I'd only been in the ministry a few years. I'd worked hard to try and get another Bible college off the ground. And Apostle Theo came to me and said to me, Pastor Andre, um, I believe God wants us to have our own Bible college developed out of all of the material that I've taught over the last several years. And I believe God says that you're the man to get it done. Now, this may not resonate with you, but when you are filled with as many unqualifications as I had, like I said, I was a panel beater. I knew nothing about module development. I knew nothing about curriculum. In actual fact, I firmly believe the only reason God made me dean of a Bible college was because he knew I would never enroll on one out of my own. You ask any of my friends, management team, I'm a master shortcut taker. If there's a long way, I take, I look, I spend more time looking for the shortcut than if I'd just taken the long cut the whole way through. So what I knew about all that stuff, I just remember saying yes to Apostle Theo. But you see, this is the truth over here, folks, because what the mirror was telling me, number one, is number one, you're, you're too young. Um, at the time, I was not even 24 years old. I'd actually just turned 24, and I, had, I, I was just enjoying being a pastor, teaching a few courses. I knew nothing about that. He said, you're not wise enough. Number one, you're not mature enough. Uh, I mean, Pastor Theo admittedly even said to me, Pastor Andre, when you turn 40, that's when people will start taking you seriously. I'm 50, and people still don't take me seriously. So, so, so I was unqualified from a, I listen, I didn't even, I didn't even finish Bible college. I'd just done, there were 18 holes, I'd finished three. <laughs> I was very good at making excuses of Pastor Smiley as the dean. You know, and so here, Pastor Theo's now asking me to do this. So this mirror is that what I saw myself. I, you're unqualified. You, you, you're not wise enough. You don't have the experience. Lord knows you haven't even started teaching from the platform on a Sunday. How are you gonna? How are you gonna get this done? So that's what I was seeing. That was my reflection. But then, guess what? Look at the scripture. It dawned upon me in Colossians chapter two. Read with me. It says. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, worldliness, manner of life, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of all our sins. Looking at this, look at this. Having canceled out the certificate of debt, all of your insufficiencies. The Bible says that he canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands which were in force against us and which were hostile, preventing us from doing what God wanted us to do, preventing us from getting where God wanted us to get to. And this certificate 
He has set aside and completely removed it by nailing it to the cross. So now, instead of seeing my reflection in a mirror that was tainted through my own insecurities and what I couldn't do, I began to read the Word of God. And I came across a promise in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. The Bible and the Lord said to me, Andre, Christ has become your wisdom. Therefore, you can expect to know what to do in every situation. And all of a sudden, wisdom was on the mirror. I looked into God's Word. I thought I didn't have the academic ingenuity to get it done. But then guess what the Lord says? I know all things through Christ. Let me just check my spelling here. Hallelujah. I'm dean of a college. I better get this right. Lord Jesus, help me. Okay. Then I read further and I looked into the mirror and I saw that I am blessed. I am empowered to prosper. How's that spelling? Okay. We wisdom. Wisdom. No, that's right. You guys are laughing. You're getting me confused. Pastor Johnny, they're wrecking my illustration here. Wisdom. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Wiz. (laughs) Now you know how unqualified I am. I can't even spell wisdom. You better know the Lord's up to something. Amen. I'm blessed. I realized that I'm healed. My mind is healed. I'm not going to go any lower because I won't get back up. But the point I'm trying to make is take a look. You can't see my image anymore. And this, I think, is what James is telling us. He's saying when you get to the Word of God, it's like going into that mirror and seeing everything that God has made you and inspired you to be. Listen to me, students. When you enrolled on Bible college, that's exactly what you did. You said, listen, I'm going to spend more time looking at myself in the reflection of the mirror of God's Word than what the world is telling me to do. I can succeed. I can be employed. I can be prosperous. I can, I can, I can. Why? Through Christ who strengthens me. This is the Holy Bible. Can someone say, praise the Lord Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you and we love you. I have this big idea. I have this big idea. And it goes something like this. As I see God's living word. I will then see myself in His reflection and in His image. I will see and serve others being the living hands and feet of Jesus. You see, God sees me now. Then I see myself. Now I can see others. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.